On this episode, you're going to hear something Jesus said that can help clear up this question of is there femininity in the Godhead and a testimony of someone who was in a same-sex relationship. Stay tuned. Life was bitter to the core. There was nothing to live for. Until love came. My name is Harold J. Perkins, and at the age of 17, I was selling drugs and on my way to an early grave. While sitting in my house with about 10 guys, God gave me an out-of-body experience, and I was lifted above the room. I could see everything moving in slow motion. After that, I got up and put those guys out, and I cried out to Jesus Christ. He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. I'm excited to continue talking about is there femininity in the Godhead and am I feminine or masculine? But first, it seems like very few are aware of the power of God that is about to be released on earth. And it's written in the book of Joel and also in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Listen to this. But if the ministration of death written and engraved in stones, which is talking about the law of Moses, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his continents, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excels. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more, and it's talking about the law which has been done away. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remains is glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. So it's saying, And it is true right now that the law has been abolished. This is comparing the glory of the law with the glory of the spirit, which is the ministry of righteousness that Jesus has brought us into, which we are under now. It's saying, if you think that was something, the Red Sea opening, the plagues in Egypt to get Pharaoh to let God's people go, the people leaving Egypt with the wealth of Egypt, he's saying much more will you see under the ministration of righteousness that the glory revealed under the son, Jesus Christ, will be much more than what was revealed under Moses. This is going to happen before Jesus Christ returns. And I believe that we're at the door of it manifesting right now because all the signs are on the scene. God is a supernatural God, and those who believe he is should be expecting supernatural power to be released on their behalf. Power that will help you to get free from everything that is trying to bind you, power to get you into a place that you can be a blessing to those in need of help, whatever help they may need. Okay, we've been talking about 
things that can liberate us to be who we were created to be. Bringing out some controversial truths that Satan has worked hard to hide. That there is femininity in the Godhead, which means that woman, as well as man, were made in the image of God. And that this truth, and seeing how Holy Spirit is functioning now, enables woman to see how truly powerful she is. Not subservient to man, but made to be one with man. Equal, but different functions, just like Mother, Holy Spirit, and Father God. I know it sounds strange hearing Holy Spirit referred to as a she. I am still growing to embrace it comfortably because all of my life I've heard her referred to as a he. The other truth that we're bringing out is how do I know if I'm masculine or feminine? I'll end this episode with this gender challenge. But first, I'll cover a little more with Holy Spirit being a she. Let's start with the spirit that would come upon Jesus Christ that was foretold by Isaiah. I'm in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Here's what it says. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of the knowledge of the fear of the Lord. Now, we know that this is talking about Holy Spirit because it says it will rest upon him. And John the Baptist was told that on him that you see the Holy Spirit come on and remain on, he would be the Messiah, the Christ. Isaiah said it would be the spirit of wisdom. That's the first thing that he said. It would also be the spirit of understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. All the same spirit, Holy Spirit. Now, with that in mind, let's go to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 12. Here's what it says. I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. So we can see here in this verse, wisdom is a person that has knowledge. Let's read on 13 and 14. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I understand. I have strength or we could say might. Now here we see the fear of the Lord, counsel, understanding, and strength, all the things that Isaiah said would be in the spirit that would come upon Jesus. But verse 12 said that wisdom is a person. Now, let's continue to read. I'm in Proverbs chapter 8, verses 22 through 9-1. Here's what it says. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or even the earth was. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills were, I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the high parts of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his command, when he appointed the fountains of the earth. Then I was by him as one brought up with him. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of, the, of his earth. And my delights were with the sons of men. Now, therefore, hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that hears me, watching daily at my gate, waiting at the post of my doors. 
For whosoever finds me finds life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sins against me wrongs his own soul. All they that hate me love death. Wisdom, which all this has been talking about, wisdom has built her house. Notice her house. She has hewed out her seven pillars. Now, we read that wisdom is a person, and wisdom is referred to as a she. With all the characteristics that Isaiah said would be in Holy Spirit that would come upon Jesus. Wisdom said that she was there at the foundation of the earth. And in the first episode, I shared how the original writing of the Old Testament in Hebrew revealed that the spirit of God hovering over the earth was feminine. Now, when we take all this along with what I shared on the first episode about the Greek word for spirit, which is what the New Testament was written in, the Greek word for spirit is neutral. It's not gender specific. Yet the interpreters from Greek to English called Holy Spirit a he. If Holy Spirit is a he, what do we do with all that I just covered? Now, let's go to something that Jesus said that can clear all of this up. I'm in John chapter 7, verses 31 through 35. And the Lord said, where unto then, and this is Jesus speaking here. And the Lord said, where unto then shall I liken the men of this generation? And to what are they like? They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace and calling one to another and saying, we have piped unto you and you have not danced. We have mourned to you, and you have not wept. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say that he has a devil. The son of man, which is him, is come eating and drinking, and you say, behold, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of all her children. Now, what Jesus is saying here is that John the Baptist came doing the opposite of me, and you say that he has a devil. Then you say that I'm a wine-bibber and a friend of sinners. And then he says wisdom is justified of her children. What he's saying is you are not the children of wisdom, which is why you don't judge justly. You are not in the kingdom of God, and therefore you don't know the truth of who we are, speaking of him and John the Baptist. Now catch what Jesus is saying in relationship to what we're talking about. He calls wisdom a she and says that she has children and wisdom is justified or judged rightly by her children. He called wisdom a she and Proverbs called wisdom a person, a person who had all the characteristics of the Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus Christ. Now, listen to this also in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. This is Jesus speaking. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You that kills the prophets and stones them that are sent unto you. How often would I have gathered your children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Now, if there is no femininity in the Godhead, why would Jesus be using this example of a mother hen and saying that he would gather them as a mother hen? I think you can see that that is an indication, along with the other things that I've covered, that Holy Spirit is a she and a part of the Godhead. Now, this is all I'm going to cover on this. Uh, let me give you a, a couple of resources that you can check this out for yourself. There's a book called Our Mother, the Holy Spirit. It's by Mary Ann, I'll spell her last name, W-I-D-M-A-L-M. Again, that's W-I-D-M-A-L-M. There's also a video on YouTube by a man by the name of Jack Levinson. 
The title is The Holy Spirit is Not a He. Now, both of these are scholars that know that know and have studied the Hebrew and Greek language. Now, there's a whole lot more out there on this, but that's enough to get you started if you want to look into this yourself. Now, let's talk about this gender challenge that's happening all over the world. You know, some may be saying, could God have made a mistake with me? Why do I have this attraction to the same sex if it's not normal? Well, a big part of the problem is living like there is no devil, that Satan and demons don't exist. And if people do believe that they exist, they discount their ability to influence people. Think about this. If you're raising children and you drive by this house down the street from your house and every day you see these young kids drinking and smoking and they're not even old enough to buy liquor, you're going to do everything in your power to stop your children from hanging out with those kids. Why? Because you know they will influence your children in the wrong way. Well, we can easily see that. But Satan and his demons are far worse in influence than those kids. And he's not down the street. He's coming in your home every day through television and radio. He's at your kid's school. He's there on their sports team. He's everywhere. And the younger they are, the better it is with him. In my research on this, most of the people that I've come across that are or have been in same-sex relationships, the attraction started when they were kids. Listen to this. Growing up, Ronald McRae missed out on the attention young boys need. He was raised mostly by his mother while his father struggled with addiction. The uh, substance abuse kind of pulled him away from me. So dad would make promises that he was going to pick me up and I would be excited and waiting by the window and time would pass by and dad wouldn't show up. The lack of relationship that I had with my father that really um, made me wonder if I was worthy of love. Then when Ronald was nine years old, a trusted male relative exposed him to pornography and secretly molested him for two years. Hurt and confused, Ronald began to question who he was. I remember getting up and running into the restroom and just washing myself. And I just begged God for forgiveness because I felt like it was my fault. And it just felt like a cloud of guilt and shame was just hovering over me. That is when I started to have a sexual desire for the same sex. That was my first point of sexual reference. At 15, Ronald began exploring same-sex relationships. You know, I was bullied a lot and I wasn't the most masculine man. I had some feminine characteristics because I was so close um, to my mom. So I was called names. So I began to ask myself, well, am I really those things? By the time he graduated high school, he was embracing a gay lifestyle. I found myself being attracted oftentimes to guys who possessed the qualities that I lacked. And when men would give me love or what I thought love was, I gravitated to it. However, as years passed, he felt unsatisfied and empty. He remembered going to church as a boy, but now he wasn't sure God would accept him. I felt like God didn't want anything to do with a sinner like me. That my happiness was contingent upon who I was with or the things that I was doing, but even eventually the, the clubs got old and the drinking, alco drinking alcohol became tiresome. And so I found myself depressed. Then Ronald's roommate invited him to church. You know, we went to the church and I sat in the service and the preacher was preaching a, a powerful message 
um, about God's love, the church embraced me with love. And they had no idea how much their love was penetrating my heart. And so I would go Sunday after Sunday. But one night, he was headed to the club with friends when they were robbed at gunpoint. They made us get out of the car and lay face down on the ground. And the guy said to me, this is about to be a homicide. Because I knew that I could call on the name of Jesus when I was in trouble. I hadn't called on his name in a long time, but I called on him and I remember saying in my mind, I know that the way that I live my life was wrong. And if you let me die, you are justified in that. But if you give me mercy, if you allow me to live, I'll serve you. I'll give my life to you. And I can't even remember how long we were face down on the street, but all I remember was my friends coming to me and saying, Ron, Ron, they're gone. At church service on Sunday, October 18th, 2009, he asked Jesus to restore his life. And everything that I could think of that I had done to offend God, I asked him to forgive me of. And God filled me with his Holy Spirit. And that day marked a turning point in my life. Um, and I have not gone back to the homosexual lifestyle since then. A church leader reached out to Ronald as a mentor. He poured into me the Word of God, you know, and the Word of God healed my heart. It transformed my way of thinking. I thought when, you know, I surrendered my life to Christ that my attractions would just vanish. But for me, um, that was not the case. But I found that Jesus himself was tempted. He resisted Satan and Satan fled. And so that's an example for me that I can too resist temptation when it comes my way. But over the years, the temptation was not as tempting anymore. And in Sunday school, Ronald became friends with Fatima, who had also left the homosexual lifestyle. A question was presented to the class, and Fatima answered the question. Um, and I was like, who is this, you know, voice, this, you know, beautiful eloquence? And so I had to turn around without being obvious that I was looking at her. Um, and the beauty matched the beauty of her words, so I'm already hooked. <laughs> Their friendship blossomed into romance, and they married in 2015. In 2019, Fatima gave birth to their son, Alexander. To be a father is a dream come true, because I also wanted to be a father. Um, I didn't have the best example growing up of what a father would look like, but my Heavenly Father teaches me every day of how to be the best father to him. Today, Ronald stands firm in his identity as a husband, father, and man loved by God. You're not too broken, you're not too tarnished uh, for God, the potter, to put you back together again and give you new life. As you heard, the attraction started when he was a kid and abused by someone. Others I've heard were not abused, but developed an attraction while they were young. And all Satan has to do is put a thought in their mind and it goes unchecked, and they start feeding it with other thoughts or things that they're seeing or hearing. God is not making mistakes. If you come to earth with a womb, you are feminine. If you come to the earth without a womb, then you are masculine. I covered on the previous episode the original purpose and intent for man and woman. Now, regardless of what lifestyle any of us are living, we are loved by God. His love for us never stops. I think it's horrible the attitude that some who believe in God have taken in regards to some who find themselves in same-sex relationships. 
not being loving, but rather being judgmental and condemning. This is not my intent at all. You are loved. I love you. God loves you and desires only the best for you. Salvation is available for all, and you don't have to change your lifestyle to receive salvation from Jesus Christ. Receive him as you are, and he will direct you to make whatever changes you need to make. I was a drug addict when I accepted Jesus Christ. I knew from the inside, after accepting Christ, that I needed to put the drugs down. But I didn't have to give up the drugs first. Now, in closing, I want to say how much uh, this has enabled me to understand my role in the body of Christ. Understanding the role that Holy Spirit is doing in total submission to Father God, where she never tries to bring attention to herself. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would not speak of themselves, but would only show us our head, Jesus Christ. She's doing all of the work and the glory is going to her head, Father God. This is what I'm to do with my head, Jesus Christ. Everything I do is to be pointed to Jesus Christ, not bringing attention to myself. All the glory goes to Jesus Christ. And when attention is brought to myself, I give it all to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm here on earth just like Holy Spirit, but I direct all the glory to my Lord Jesus Christ in heaven, just like she does for Father God. What an example she has set. Thousands of years, she's been consistent to do the work on earth she has been assigned to do and give all the glory to Father God. I see my role better than ever before. I trust that this has helped you and blessed you. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you get to know him right now. Say this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. That's it. It's that simple. If you mean what you just prayed, start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself to you. All right. We'll see you on the next episode.